Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome, everybody, to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Tyler Sullivan and John Breach. And today we're playing Free Agency Recap Uno. Now, I have not played Uno in a long time, but Sully has assured me that we can get through this together. I'm going to get into how those rules are going to break down pretty soon here, but make sure that you stay tuned all week for more off-season news. If you're on YouTube, smash the like button, comment, and subscribe. If you're just listening to audio, make sure you download, follow, leave a review, and please tell your friends what's up and to listen and watch the pod. Guys, before we get into this, before we start talking about football, this is a football podcast, are y'all betting on March Madness? Because I am getting my butt kicked. I am down units. There are only two number one seeds left in the Sweet 16. Arizona totally screwed me. Princeton feels like maybe they're this year's Peacocks. I don't know. And, you know, FDU knocking out Purdue. I'm just curious. Like, how, this this year feels more madness than normal. I don't really want to, you know, brag or anything, but UConn last oh, night in the no. second half was just oh, no. a phenomenal bet for me. And, you know, so that uh, that made me some money. I've been riding the Hurricanes a little bit, so I've actually been doing okay. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. My brackets busted, all that stuff. But oh, I'm a big busted. Hurricanes and Huskies fan these days. I, I'll throw in one bet I made. Fairly Dickinson was winning at halftime, and their live odds were plus 575 and I'm sitting there thinking like I don't even care what happens the rest of the game if, if a team is winning at halftime and you're still getting nearly six to one odds I have to bet that on principle yes. uh but I only put not 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 a lot of money on but I was I was I was thrilled with the result more importantly are we all safe from the Gonzaga bad beat last night is there anybody fall victim to that with TCU I I was on the Zags. I didn't bet that game, but I, I was on the Zags to move forward in my bracket. Okay. So I feel pretty good about that. But that bad beat, the fact that they covered in the backdoor cover, it's the worst. I had so many with, people I knew that were live betting seconds. in the game. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Absolutely it was, unbelievable. It was one of the, the biggest amount of money. We talk, I was talking to Billy about this before we got on. The amount of money that must have swung in 0.2 seconds is just remarkable. It's an unbelievably bad beat. One of the worst I've ever seen. 
Yeah. And I know a lot of people that were live betting the the Zags all the way through and so ended up getting some money on that. I think I had a friend that bet, live bet the Zags plus six and a half, like half when they were down by, I don't know, 10 or so. So I ended up cashing for them. But yeah, no, it's it's been crazy. I feel like this year is more madness than even normally. But that leads me into my first promo of the day. Thursday at 7.15 Eastern on CBS, we head to the Sweet 16 at the NCAA Men's College Basketball Championship with Arkansas taking on UConn, followed by a huge showdown between UCLA and the Zags. Then on Friday night, Miami faces top-seeded Houston and Xavier meets Texas. Our coverage continues with two more games on Sunday at 2 Eastern, with the winners punching their ticket to the Final Four. March Madness continues this week on CBS. All right, that concludes our March Madness recap for the day. Hopefully, uh, Sully, you keep winning, and hopefully I start to win on some of these. The Florida Atlantic Owls have been profitable for me. Shout out to them. Everyone else uh, has been very, very painful. All right, so let's play Free Agency Uno. Here are the rules. You can skip, which means no impactful signings. You can reverse, which means that they shouldn't have made a signing or a trade. Draw four, which means four more wins. Draw two, which means two more wins. Starting with the Bills, we talked about this last week. Signing Jordan Poyer was a huge, huge deal for the Bills. Everyone saw them as winners because of it. Sully, what are you drawing here? Yeah, I'm going to say, as weird as it sounds, I'm going to say skip, because this is really, it was more if they lost Jordan Poirier, if they lost Matt Milano, then we'd be talking about them saying, oh boy, you, you know, you're starting to have some issues here. Now you're just kind of keeping the status quo of what you've had before, which is already a Super Bowl contender. So retaining Jordan Poirier, bringing back Matt Milano, those are good signings just to keep the status quo. So I'm not saying they've gained more wins, but more importantly, they haven't lost any either. Sully, I'm going to have to agree with you there. And, you know, we were talking about the March Madness betting. As someone who has made an exorbitant sum of money in my life betting on Uno, uh, it's good that I agree with you. You want to be on the same page with me here. Uh, yeah, this does uh -huh. feel like that uh, the Bills really kept the status quo. Uh, you know, you look around that division, though, and it feels like the rest of the division got better. And so we're talking about teams that may have added some wins in free agency. It doesn't feel like Buffalo did that. They won 13 games. Last season, and that feels like, uh, you know, that 12-13 win range feels like where they'll be uh, in the upcoming season based on what they did in free agency. Yeah, there's still work to be done with Buffalo. I mean, I, I consider them a team that is still probably, you know, a good NFL draft away from really trying to separate themselves, as Breach, as you were saying. This division's only going to get better. Miami's making moves that we're going to talk about. New York is on the precipice of maybe acquiring Aaron Rodgers. They not only need to keep the guys that they have, but you now need to start adding here, whether it's Ezekiel Elliott to help that backfield out a little bit, or if you make some moves at the NFL draft, this team still needs to make moves. So this free agent period for me is just to keep everybody close, keep everybody retained, and then try to add via the draft. I agree with you guys on this one. I'm going to skip as well. And as mostly we talked about gambling, I've had a futures ticket on the Bills two years in a row to win the conference and then even to win the Super Bowl. And it has not cash remained. So they haven't done anything in this offseason that makes me feel like it's going to be any different this year. So you are not getting my money, Buffalo, in 2023. I got to say that 10 more times in my head because I, I tend to change my mind a little bit later down the line. All right, looking here at the Dolphins, they did sign Jalen Ramsey. And by I guess by most accounts, 
touchdowns. It looks like he had a down year last year. He allowed a career-high seven touchdown receptions in coverage. 712 yards allowed, 161 fewer than he gave up the season before, and he also tied in last year's interceptions with four. But interestingly enough, Pro Football Focus says that Ramsey finished the year with an overall grade of 86.4, which is actually higher than his 2021 season, which was 84.4. So in this game of Uno, I'll go Breachy first. What do you think? Well, I'm sure that Billy gave you those stats because he is the number one Jalen Ramsey hater on the entire planet. (laughs) Uh, Well, he still is, though. He still is. Uh, You know, I will say, though, even if he's taken a small step back, he is still better than almost every other corner. And so that's the key you want here. And so as far as Uno terms here, I'm going with the draw, too. I think based on what the Dolphins did in free agency, that they can improve by two more wins. They went nine and eight. Jalen Ramsey is going to make their defense better in the upcoming season, whether it's 2022 Jalen Ramsey or 2021 Jalen Ramsey, either guy who's out there uh, uh, just makes this defense instantly better. When you team them up uh, with Xavier Howard on the opposite side, I mean, this Dolphins secondary, it is going to be tough to throw the football on them. And then you look at a few of the other things the Dolphins have done in free agency. A lot of it was just re-signing guys they already had, uh, whether that was Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, they brought their running back group back. And that's big because those are guys that Mike McDaniel trusts. He has this offensive system that does, they do run the ball a lot. And so, uh, yeah, I think the Dolphins can improve by two wins. I like what Miami's doing. Yeah, I'm with you, Breach, there. I think two wins is is probably the right number here. I mean, one of the sneaky narratives last season with Miami was whether or not they were going to get Byron Jones back to add to that secondary. And now, obviously, we know that wasn't the case. He wasn't healthy enough. They've released him now. And instead of getting Byron Jones back, you're inserting Jalen Ramsey. I would consider that a, to be a massive upgrade to this secondary to add to the guys that you were talking about, Xavier Howard and going down the line, Bradley Chubb even you know, off the edge there. They're going to be a tough team on defense next year, which is a great counter to what everybody else in that division is doing. Buffalo talking about adding pieces to complement Stefan Diggs, add to the backfield, the Jets, like I said earlier, Rodgers, the Patriots even trying to get some wide receivers. If you did all that last year, if you were Miami, you got Tyreek Hill, you've made your moves on offense. Now you've put the fifth-year option on Tua Tungavaloa. The big moves now are on defense to try to shut these teams down. So to me, I, I love what Miami's doing this offseason, and I think that they, you know, we're talking about futures. They might be a sneaky good value going into this, especially once mm. the Rodgers deal goes through. I think that there's going to be a lot of money put on the Jets as there already have been. Miami might be a sneaky one there to put for the division odds. Ooh, I like that. I didn't realize that um, Billy was such a Jalen Ramsey fan. So, Billy, what is what is your take on this one? Uh, I mean, I think Jalen Ramsey definitely moves the needle. I think Breach is uh, over-exaggerating just a oh. <laughs> I think he's a very good player. It's just, you know, when he's going against bigger names like Devontae Adams or bigger wide receivers, you could also say like Debo Samuel, he just hasn't shown up and he's gotten beat. <clears throat> Excuse me. So for me, you know, I, I'm just not a big fan of Jalen Ramsey, but at the same time, I do think it's a good fit. And I do think it does help Jacksonville um, get to, you know, you know, add more wins. So I do think it's a, it's a solid spot for them. And I want right, to say I'm one thing speak, that's yeah. un- really quick. Yeah. I just do, do think that's one thing that's underrated that obviously we're talking about Ramsey, but the totality of, of what they've done this offseason, what they did today, officially putting the fifth year option on Tua, I don't think you should sleep on that either. Like that is a, not an extension, yeah. but at least it eliminates that narrative a little bit of, 
is he the future? Is he going to be the guy? It takes away that headache that I think the Giants were dealing with a little bit last year. Sorry, I should have said the Dolphins, guys. My bad. The Dolphins. <laughs> Oh, you get your Florida teams mixed up. We all do it. We all do it, Billy. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I can't even talk half of the time. I'm going to say skip on this one. Maybe it's just because I'm a 49ers fan and I saw Jalen Ramsey get cooked all year long, but I don't know how productive he's going to be in Miami. And I feel like Miami has, they've, they've re-signed a lot of their running backs. Obviously they're, they're all in on Tua this year. Hopefully he can stay healthy and they really got to bulk up that O-line to protect him a little bit better. So I'm just going to say skip on them um, as well, just to be a little contrarian here. Okay, so moving on, the Jets. Aaron Rodgers is probable. Alan Lazard. I'm going to give them two more wins. I might even give them four more wins, actually, with uh, with Aaron Rodgers, if he signs, which all feels like it's going to happen. I think that that's true, right? It does feel like it's going to happen. It's it, The longer this thing drags out, though, I do get a little bit nervous that, like, Rodgers is going to go into the darkness tank again and then all of a sudden say, <laughs> you know what? I'm actually going to go play in Canada for a few years. Like, I, we don't no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, so until I see the tweet or I see him put on a Jets uniform, then it feels a little bit more real. But, you know, for the sake of the game here, I, I'm with you. Four wins. You're adding a guy that is, when right, an MVP caliber quarterback, even at this age, And with the Jets last year, the only thing really pulling them back was the poor quarterback play. That team would have made the playoffs. And so if you're talking about that being the big difference and then adding a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you're certainly in that conversation of making that seismic leap in in, in 2023. Sully, I like your logic, but I'm going to give out a different card. And that is the skip card. I cannot grade the Jets or even think about what the Jets can do next year until Aaron Rodgers is actually on this team. Uh, we have seen the Jets mess things up for three decades now. There is no reason to think they might not fi- they might find a way to mess up the Aaron Rodgers trade. Uh, so until he is actually on that team in a Jets uniform, taking snaps at practice for the Jets, uh, I am not going to trust anything that involves them improving by two or even four wins. Because let's just say that five percent chance happens that Aaron Rodgers isn't there. Then you're going into the season with Zach Wilson as your quarterback, and you're reliving the entire 2022 season. Uh, so I'm, this is just a skip for me right now. Thanks, Uno. So it's it's a it's a skip for you right now. But I was looking at some Jets futures earlier. There's not a lot of futures that are available right now, but because Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets, there has been some of those. So for the New York Jets to make the playoffs, yes, minus one sixty two, no, minus one. Or excuse me, plus one thirty two. Can't speak. I'm gonna. I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna take this bet at minus one sixty two. But if Aaron Rodgers signs to the Jets. They're making the playoffs. Yeah, I, I would say so. Bold take. I don't. I, they still might be. They're the fourth place team in the AFC East last year. Even with Rodgers, maybe they're the third place team. I, I don't think it vaults them up in that division uh, too much. Yeah, but we're talking about you know just making the playoffs, and so that's not necessarily that high of a bar. I mean, Miami limped into the quarter to the playoffs last year with poor quarterback play towards the tail end. They got steady enough play during the regular season, so you're not asking to beat Buffalo. You're not asking to overtake Miami. You're just hoping that you can kind of squeak in at that number. So again, squeak in I, I, over the Chargers or the Ravens or that you know there's or the Dolphins again. There's you've got to be the set, one of the top seven teams in the AFC, and I'm not sure the Jets are that, even with Rodgers. Well, see, this graphic says that 
The Jets haven't had a 4,000-yard passer since Joe Namath in 1967. Hmm. Rodgers' prop bet for his total passing yards is set to 4,000 and a half, both minus 112, the over and the under. Now, he didn't hit this last year. But he's basically had a 4,000-yard passing year for every year except for 2017 when he had that collarbone. With the Jets, would you say he would go over or under this 4,000? I'm going over. I would go over as well. I think that this is this would be full-blown revenge tour to show that, I mean, he's even talked about it. He hasn't said the words, I want to contend for a Super Bowl. He's been talking in MVP sentences and saying stuff like that. So he's very much looking at least what he's saying publicly into the individual awards. And so I think that he's somebody who he wants his certain receivers, like they've already signed Alan Lazard. They obviously have Garrett Wilson. They have other weapons. I, I think that he'll be very focused, especially with his offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, to really show out and throw. So I'd go over there. I Again, I'm torn here because he wants these receivers, but like we just said, he did not hit yeah. 4,000 yards with these same receivers in Green Bay last season. And not only did he fail to hit 4,000, he didn't throw for even 300 yards in a single game last year. Uh, oh. So I am just not 100% sold on Aaron Rodgers, you know, throwing for 4,500 yards and tearing it up in New York. I, you know, I don't think he's going to be as bad as Zach Wilson. And I do think he could get the Jets to the playoffs, but I'll say the over begrudgingly. So, Breach, on a scale of Tom Brady, Matt Stafford to Russell Wilson in Denver, you're, it feels like you're leaning more towards the Russell Wilson what? Denver scenario. Eek. Eek. Well, I mean, look, Tom Brady got to handpick his team in free agency, which is a little different than being traded to the only team that wants you. Matthew Stafford got thrown to Sean McVay, <laughs> and everybody can agree that Matthew Stafford upgrade, uh, upgraded offensively going from Detroit to L.A., yes. and it's just a little different with New York. I just, I'm not sure there's going to be, it's not going to be anywhere near Russell Wilson level. I'm not worried about that. I'm just yeah. saying that, you know, maybe the Jets go from seven wins to, to nine wins maybe 10, I, I just, I'm not sure they're going to get 11 or 12. All right. I'm not as optimistic not, as you guys. Right. Yeah, not optimistic. Let's talk about something that maybe you're a little bit more optimistic about, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals. What are you going to draw here for your team? Oh, my God. Putting me on the um, spot. Now, now, Breach, <laughs> let, me just let me just tell you, Breach, last year, and you know this, the Cincinnati Bengals went 12 and 4. So if you give mm -hmm. them a plus 4, you're, talk you're talking about a perfect season. Yeah, you know what? I I I'm I can't give them the draw four because I don't think they're gonna win 16 games in yeah. uh in the upcoming season. I can't even give them a draw two because I don't think they're gonna win 14 games. I think this is one of those it, it, look, our, our skip thing is kind of the the no impactful signings, but they made a very impactful signing in Orlando Brown. I yeah. think he's going to help that team a lot, but that's more of a their biggest problems really over the past two years that Joe Burrow's really getting beat up in the playoffs and their last two seasons in the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow's getting pressured on that final drive. That's why they don't win against the chiefs. Joe Burrow's getting crushed on that final drive. That's why they don't win. So they really need to do this for the playoffs. I'm not sure how much this is going to improve their regular season win total. Maybe they get to 13 wins with Orlando Brown. So I'll just say, let's just stay right at the medium uh, 12 or 13 wins. So I'm not going to take the draw two or the draw four. And of course, Bengals went 12 and four because of that game that was postponed with DeMar Hamlin. So, you know, there's a, not necessarily yeah. a perfect season, but you understand what I'm saying there. It, you know, I'm with you, Breach. I, it's tough to, you know, like you said, it's tough to say, like, here's 
four more wins. But I do think we can throw a little caveat in here, and it's basically just echoing what you said. We can throw a plus two at them. I just think that those two wins will come in the postseason. I think that this now puts them in a much better position to win a championship. They didn't lose any of their key players. You know, it was, you know, maybe is T. Higgins going to get traded? And obviously that's, I guess, still a possibility. But from everything that we've heard from the front office, they don't really want to get rid of them. Yes, you lost Hayden Hurst, but, you know, that's not, to me, a huge, huge loss. You add a guy like Orlando Brown along that offensive line, that has been the number one thing we've been saying. That was There was an argument to be said to go get Penny Sewell over Jamar Chase that draft because of the abuse that Joe Burrow had during his rookie season. And so now you're kind of righting that wrong while also still having Jamar Chase. I think this puts them in a much better position to contend for a championship. I agree. I'm going to draw two on this one as well. I think Orlando Brown, I almost called him Orlando Bloom, which of course wouldn't be too far (laughs) off considering their names are very uh, close together. Orlando Brown um, signing that four-year, $64 million protection of Joe Burrow. The most important thing. I also feel like the Bengals got off to a little bit of a slow start last year, which might not happen this year, which could increase them these uh, two games. Yeah, here we go. Most Uh, playoff uh wins. And since Katie brought up Orlando Bloom, I would just like to throw out this fun fact. I have the same I have the same birthday as Orlando Bloom. Oh, really? Wow. And we're equally as handsome. A little bit. Yeah. 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 The the Bengals, Orlando Bloom, Orlando Brown, John Breach, same birthday. It's just the Orlando Bloom of Cincinnati of Ohio, right here, John Breach. (laughs) What what is it that you want again, Mr. Oh, you know, I I didn't want anything. I was messing with Brady. Just, I was trying to get okay. Brady's head. It's working. It worked. Yeah. In his mind. Well, yeah. In his well, mind now, now I'll just refer to you as the Orlando Bloom of Ohio, and I think that'll really get into his head as well. Okay, moving on. Says that. We okay. I'll make I'll make one for you, and you could wear it with the Brinson sucks hat. 49ers. <laughs> How about those 49ers? This is hard for me, though. Obviously, we have uh, Javon Hargrave. That's huge for us. I st- and we got Sam Darnold as the backup quarterback. Fine. I, I don't know. I'm riding that wave like everybody else is. Hard for me to say on the wins, though, because we still don't know what's going on with the quarterbacks here. Is it going to be Trey Lance? I don't know what we get if it's Trey Lance. Is it going to be Brock Purdy? I know what we get with him. I think if it's Brock Purdy that starts a season, which I already uh, hand up, I don't think that that's happening. I would say let's get two more wins, maybe even a draw four. But, of course, I'm very optimistic. But I'm going <laughs> to skip because we don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation. I would just like to throw out if it's a draw four, that means Katie has the four hours going 17 and 0 with Brock Purdy. This is yes. my goodness. Yes. Uh-huh. Write it down. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Katie and her super bold 49ers predictions. Uh, you know what though? I I I love the 49ers roster. I think they're gonna be awesome, but they won 13 games last season. And I think the addition of Javon Hargrave is huge. That defense is gonna be unbelievable. I mean, it is just so stacked that teams are going to have a tough time scoring on them. But, you know, are we going to see games like the 49ers-Broncos last season where it's 11-10 to because the 49ers offense can't move because Sam Darnold's their quarterback and he's trying to learn Mm. this whole entire offense because Brock Purdy and Trey Lance are both injured. So I do like what the 49ers did in free agency, but this is another skip for me because I don't think they're going to win two more games they won last season, which would get them up to 15-2. and I definitely don't think they're going to win four more games like Katie because I don't think they're going undefeated. (laughs) Uh, but I do think 12 or 13 wins feels about right for 2023. Yeah, I, I think this Rich, is a skip. I, Rich, I did skip. I did, my official thing was skip, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we'll do the clean sweep at the skips because that because I, I do think that as great as as Hargrave is and how much of it, you know an upgrade you know and I'm using that term a little loosely because it's already an elite 
front seven. It's already an elite defense. I don't know if they would be horrible without him, and I think they're going to be just as good and maybe a smidge better with him because it's just that's how talented they are along that front seven. So for me, I just kind of give it a little bit of pause because, yeah, you're just doubling down on an already impressive strength that you have on your roster. To me, it's like you're saying, Katie, how is this quarterback situation going to map out? Because that's really going to be the indicator. If it is Sam Darnold that you have to lean on to win games, well, then we're, we're talking about something much different with the 49ers. Oh, it wouldn't be uh, an offseason without some 49ers quarterback controversy. Uh, I'm, I'm never going to give up. Oh, it's on this side. I'm never going to give up on this uh, bobblehead of Jimmy G, though, even though he is now in silver and black. All right. We're going to take a quick break here. You're watching the Pick 6 podcast. We'll be right back. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement for his man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search the rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Pod. Talking NFL free agency recap. Uno, if you haven't already, hit us up on social at Pick 6 Pod across all social media platforms. If you are just tuning in now, this free agency Uno goes like this. Skip means no impactful signings. Reverse shouldn't have made the signing or trade, which we have not given out a reverse yet. Draw four, four more wins. Draw two. Two more wins. How about them boys? Let's talk about the Cowboys. They got Stefan Gilmore trade through Indianapolis. They got Brandon Cooks through Houston. Uh, I feel like Skip. I mean, what have they done? Right? What, what are we doing here? I don't know. I give them plus two. I think they actually had a pretty good offseason. I, yeah, I, like well. I, I like the additions. I think that the, the it's more the trades than it is the free agent signings. To me, I, I do think that Stefan Gilmore still has a ton in the tank, or at least, you know, at least a couple more seasons left in the tank. I know that obviously he's kind of gotten lost a little bit in Indianapolis and he's, you know, he's no longer the 2019 defensive player of the year. He was up here in new England, but you put him in a secondary with all those safeties, with Javon Diggs, that has a recipe and, and, you know, and Micah Parsons coming off the edge and working over on that side. That to me has something, you could really have something special there. And really quickly with Brandon Cooks, who they acquired over the weekend, I think that he is going to be a better addition than Odell Beckham would have been. I think he gives you some of those same things, the quickness, the speed. Durability will obviously be a question as it's been for him, but you put him with CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, I think that that fits two of the biggest questions that Dallas has had. Yes, it wasn't in free agency, but to me that 
is a very those are two very important trades that I think are uh, that should be rewarded there. Now, obviously, they they won twelve games last year, so I'm not going to say plus four. I'm going to give them two more wins, and you're going to be in the contention to win that division next year for sure. I want to say Sully's crazy, but I actually agree with them. <laughs> I'm gi- giving them the draw too. They go up from twelve and uh, five to fourteen and three. But look, when this team was going into free agency. Uh, their two biggest holes was, hey, look, let's get a corner. We need some help in the secondary. Let's get some help for C.D. Lamb because they don't have a great one-two punch, even with Michael Gallup there. And that's what they did. I'm sure Cowboys fans were kind of freaking out the first few days, thinking, are we going to sign anyone? Because they really still haven't signed anyone. Both their key acquisitions came via trade, uh, as you guys mentioned, with Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks. But I think both of those guys are great fits for this team. And I know Brenton Wilson called me the breach by Cowboy 3000 only supports Jerry Jones. And it kind of feels like that because I do agree with Tyler here, but man, this is, they've re-signed a lot of their key guys, Donovan Wilson, Leighton Vander Esch, and then obviously went out and made these two big trades. So yeah, I'll take the draw too on the Cowboys also. I guess if you think about it too, I mean, they had that record last year and Dak was out for such a long time. So they were able to get that record. So with Dak Prescott back in the mix, um, I can see the draw too. However, I'm staying with my skip. All right, moving on to the Giants, who are all in on Daniel Jones. They agreed to a four-year, $160 million deal, additional $35 million in incentives. And they also got Darren Waller from uh, Las Vegas. I'm going to give them a draw, too. I think this is a frisky team. They are well-coached. And clearly, I mean... He's a quarterback whisperer. We saw what he did in Buffalo, and and it seemed like Josh Allen kind of took a dip last year when he left. And Daniel Jones, all of a sudden, $160 million quarterback. I think that they could squeak out two more wins here uh, under another uh, year with uh, their head coach. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at one thing with Daniel Jones, we're looking at the graphic right now, is that he's coming off his best season. It was with Brian Dable, and the one thing he did was cut down on turnovers, He ranked first in the NFL with fewest turnovers per game, uh, with just a half a turnover per game on average. He had a bunch of game-winning drives. And the other thing is, Daniel Jones played well last season, even though he didn't have any weapons. That's the one thing I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people figure, kind of forget about when you're considering whether or not the Giants should have kept him. Uh, And so, as as Katie said, they added Darren Waller, and they also added Paris Campbell. They they re-signed Darius Slayton, so they're making sure that he still has – these weapons and I think Daniel Jones is going to be even better. So I'm going to go uh, and agree with Katie on the draw too. And, and say they get to 11 wins. I, I think this is where we're going to get a little bit controversial because uh, I kind of want to go reverse, Ooh. but I, but I also reverse. can see the argument, for, but, I can also, but I also can see the argument for draw two. So I'm going to go right down the middle and say, skip and I'll give you the reasons why. And it's really, uh-huh. I do like on paper, the additions of Paris Campbell and Darren Waller. Those make sense. Like Breach, you were saying, they need to add weapons. Those are two weapons. The only thing that those two guys have in common, or one of the things those guys have in common, though, is that they get hurt. They've had some rough injury history. You know, Darren Waller last year was limited to nine games. Paris Campbell, this was the first time he's played double-digit games in his career. He played 17 games for them. If they all hit their ceilings, This is a plus two, maybe even a plus four, because like you said, they need to add weapons around Daniel Jones. They put the franchise tag on uh, on Saquon Barkley. It makes all the sense in the world. I just don't know how much confidence I have in those two guys staying healthy. So that's where I kind of have a little bit of trepidation where we could look back at this a year from now and say, yeah, let's put that reverse card on these guys. Sully, throwing out the reverse and then rescinding the reverse and just going. Sounds like a guy that's got Uno on his phone. Sounds like a guy that has Uno on his phone. 
It's true. <laughs> it is true. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the Eagles here. And look, I'm going to say draw on this just because how many more games can the Eagles win next year? Um, they were what tied for the best, uh, the best record in the NFL this year. They re-signed uh, or signed Rashad Penny to a one-year $1.35 million deal. Of course, James Bradbury agreed to a three-year $38 million contract. Obviously we will get Billy's take in here, but, uh, Breachy, what do you think first? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go skip here. There's just, you know, they did make some interesting signings. They, they brought back some key guys. Uh, but the thing is they just, they couldn't bring back everyone. It wasn't possible whether, you know, Javon Hargrave is gone. Uh, Marcus Epps, Miles Sanders, all these guys, a lot of their defensive guys. Uh, so just because of that, I think it would be impossible for the Eagles to do better than they did last season. I cannot see them winning 15 or 16 or 17 games. Uh, so this feels like either a skip or you kind of throw the old, reverse card at him i'm not going to do that though i do think the eagles are still good and i certainly could see them winning 13 or 14 games but i I don't think they're going to improve upon what they did last season yeah i'm I'm going to go skip too because and and really you know i i do commend them for bringing back james bradbury and and even bringing back darius slay like they were able to solidify that they lost obviously cj garner johnson but to me I, i do think that one of the underrated ones is losing miles sanders and replacing him with rashad penny who's like I was saying about the New York Giants, not necessarily one of the most durable guys in the NFL. When he's playing, we've seen him reach pretty high heights, but for a team that's going to rely on the running game that as much as they did last year, and you, and you look what Miles Sanders was able to do, over 1,300 yards from scrimmage and 11 touchdowns, and he played 17 games, started 15 of them during the regular season, I don't know how much we're going to be able to rely on that with Penny and with that being such a huge piece of their offense, I think that there might be a step back in that area of their offense. All right, Billy, what do you think? A breach you know, almost Sally, gave you a reverse. Was, you know, Sally, I was I was this close. I was right with you, brother. And then you started talking about my guy Rashad Penny, and I had to veer left because I do agree with you. I do agree with both of you. It's a skip. We're probably not even going to win 14 games next year. Our schedule is way tougher than it was this past year. Um, but obviously, I do think we'll still make the playoffs. I think it was important to bring back guys like, you know, Fletcher Cox, Kelsey, you know, getting Bradbury, getting Slay under a new deal that's more, you know, team friendly. I think those are very important moves. But I think the Rashad Penny move is very underrated. You know, if you look at him and what he did last year, he was very healthy. He played the most games that he played in his career last year. And he was very effective for that Seattle team. And he helped Geno Smith a lot. I think if you bring him here into Philadelphia and you bring him into the fold, he'll be very effective. He doesn't have to play every down. You still have Kenneth Gainwell, who's on a rookie deal. You still brought back Boston Scott on a very cheap deal, team-friendly deal, giant killer. He plays great you know, in divisional games. I think Rashad Penny has 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 a big chance to really blow up and, and, and really add to this Eagles rushing game. If you think back into the Super Bowl, right, one of the clear issues and, and, and things that people did not expect was that we could not run the football consistently. And it was clear that Miles Sanders did not was not comfortable in that game. It looked like the moment was way too big. You saw it on the first hit when he went on that. Uh, I think it was a, it was kind of like a jet sweep he ran. He ran to the outside. He got hit. He looked very flustered after that first hit. And I said after that, I knew he was not in this game. So getting a guy like Rashad Penny who runs hard, um, he's fearless, and, and, and you can kind of temper his touches and, and bring in other guys and, and kind of use a, a running back by committee. I think this rushing this rushing attack will e- actually get better next season uh, than it was this season. Ooh. 
All right. Well, I mean, I just, I just don't feel it. I don't feel it. Sorry, Bill. I, I, just, I don't feel it. If you're telling me they replaced him with like, you know, uh, like a Jamal Williams or Damian Harris or, you know, maybe that next tier down, that's fine. Those guys are a little bit more durable. I just, I get a, I get a bad feeling about Rashard Penny. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully he is great and he's a fantasy football sleeper, but I, I just, I don't know if he's the guy I want to solidify my backfield with. I mean, and- I understand that. I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely hurt all the time. Like he's got a lengthy history of being injured but I, I i just think for me he does he's not gonna have to play every down and with that rotation you kind of save his legs a little bit and not to mention with him being hurt he doesn't have as many miles on his legs so you know he may you know he says right now he's feeling the best that he has all year or you know, as he's had in his whole career so i feel like let's give him a shot getting that nick sirianni rushing attack and uh you know he'll do wonders billy just wonders. for the record the Eagles finished fifth in the NFL in rushing last year. And Billy thinks they're going to be better than that. Write it down. Only time. Write tell. it down. <laughs> time will tell. All right. We know where you stand. Okay. Talking about the bears. Now, this is one where I'm slamming down a draw for quicker than probably anything else that I've done so far on this show. Three and 14 last year were the bears. I hope they get seven wins. They've got to get seven wins with everything they did with that number one overall. Obviously, we know what Justin Fields, once they figured out how to play him, and he he can't run him that much. Obviously, you need to get weapons for him. They got DJ Moore. They still have more picks in the draft. Bears are winning four more games. Breach. Yeah, I I mean, I agree with you. Absolutely. You uh, You look at what they did. And Justin Fields had absolutely zero help and willed this team to three wins last season. Now, as you said, they go out and get DJ Moore. Obviously, they lost David Montgomery, so you got to replace him, which is what they did with Dante Foreman, Travis Homer. You had a couple running backs. Uh, you know, you give them some tight end help with Robert Tanyan. So the, the offense is a little bit better. You add some offensive line help with Nate Davis. And then the other part of this is that they actually added some help on defense, uh, you know, taking Tremaine Edmonds from the Bills. And we, we were just talking about the Eagles. They got Eagles starter uh, TJ Edwards now in Chicago. So it just feels like this team is better all around. Not to mention Justin Fields is going to have another year of experience under his belt. So he should be better because the Bears should have a b- better idea of, uh, how to revolve the offense completely around him, which is something it seemed like they didn't figure out until a few weeks into the season. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like to draw four and the Bears picking up at least four more wins than they had last season. Well, like you're saying, though, Katie, not all draw fours are created equal. I mean, this team is <laughs> had the number one overall pick in the NFL last year because yeah. their record was so bad. So, yeah, you, you'd hope for them to get four more wins to, to at least get to seven in that conversation. But I do think that it's true. I mean, they had a ton of cap space. They were they were best positioned out of anybody in the NFL going to this offseason. You could argue that they still are. They had the number one overall pick, which they've since traded, to acquire a still top 10 pick and a number one wide receiver for Justin Fields. They had the most amount of cap space in the NFL. NFL. They're helping that defensive side of the ball. They might continue to do that with that first round pick as well. So they're putting themselves in a position to really take a leap. And, and I think that they could be a Philadelphia Eagles light of 2023 for what they're doing with Justin Fields and how they're kind of figuring him out similar to what I think Philadelphia did and figuring out how they could best get the, the best Jalen Hurts out of them and out of that offense. And, you know, I saw it firsthand over the course of the season when I was covering the Monday night game 
against New England. And that was one of the first few weeks, and that was in week seven. It was one of the first few weeks where they started to use design runs with Justin Fields, and it absolutely torched New England. He, yes. I mean, he rushed for 80, 82 yards and a touchdown. He was a force on the ground, and we saw that the rest of the way. So the fact that they've also unlocked what he does best and how to best utilize them, and now they're putting talent around him, a lot of speed, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. I'm going to go plus four as well. Plus four as well. Okay, so we're all on. I mean, again, like you said, not all of them are created equal. You have three wins. You hope you get up to seven uh, when trading the number one overall. Okay, so now we're going on to the Lions. I'm going to draw two here, and I might even want to do a draw four because the Lions are stacking up right now on defense, which I guess they do kind of in every offseason. They also got David Montgomery, but this is a very frisky team who has made a lot of really good decisions in free agency. So I'm going to go draw two, but I might flirt with the draw four a little bit. What do you think, Sully? Yeah, I, th- I think draw two. I-, I think that that's probably the the most fair. You're talking about, you know, at that point you're in eleven wins. You're in the conversation to to win that division. I think that's kind of where we expect them to be this year. I mean, I believe that they're the betting favorite right now if, if we're are. looking at their latest odds. So you know, that's that's right in that range for would for them to hit their absolute ceiling. I like what they've done so far. I love the CJ Garner Johnson acquisition. I thought that might be the yeah. the value of this free agency period, bringing a guy like him in. Cameron Sutton, to me, is a, is a little bit more of a gamble. It's a guy that had his best career, la- or best season of his career last year with Pittsburgh. He's kind of kind of struggled, and he just so happened to have his career year in a contract year. So that those always kind of put my antenna up a little bit. But, you know, if he continues to be that player, then you're talking about a far-improved secondary, and that was their Achilles heel. We knew they could score points last year. It was a matter of, can they prevent teams from putting up points? And so now, I feel like with year two of Aiden Hutchinson, you're solidifying that secondary. Who knows what you do with your first-round pick at the top of the draft? Do you draft a quarterback to go up behind Jared Goff? Do you continue to build along this roster? So to me, I think that that's a, this has been a very good offseason for them. I'll go plus two. Yeah, and one thing about the Lions, you guys are kind of hitting on it here, is that, look, they went 9-8 and last season, and of those eight losses, uh, I think seven of them, they gave up 28 or more points, so their defense Mm -hmm. was a huge problem. I mean, they gave up 48 Mm -hmm. points to the Seahawks in that wild shootout, the 48-45 one earlier in the season. Uh, So one thing they absolutely had to do was kind of revamp the secondary, and that's what they did. I mean, three of their biggest additions here were uh, you have a starting corner now in Emmanuel Mosley. We saw him just sign TJ Gardner uh, Johnson over the weekend. Uh, and, and Sully mentioned Cameron Sutton. So you have a totally revamped secondary. Uh, sure, you lost Jamal Williams, but you're replacing him with David Montgomery. Even if you're taking a slight step back, Dave Montgomery's still a very good player. And it really feels like the NFC North is down. I mean, you guys already mentioned that the Lions yes. are the betting favorite, even though I am not betting on a team that has not won the division since 1993. I don't care if the Lions are the heavy betting favorite. I don't care if the Vikings retire from football. Uh, I, I don't know that I trust the Lions. Your, your but- Bengals weren't too far off from that a couple years ago, Breach. Uh, Katie, the difference was the, the Bengals drought was they hadn't won a playoff game in 31 years. They had won the division. So it was a little, they had actually shown some competitiveness, uh, okay. which, which the lions haven't exactly done. Uh, so I do like the lines. I do agree with your guys's draw too. Is 11 ones going to win the NFC North. Mm, I don't know, but yeah, I'll go with, I'll go with the draw too and, and make this the sweep. 
Yeah, looking at the odds here, Detroit Lions are the favorite for the NFC North Division, plus 155. Then you got the Vikings, plus 290. The Bears, plus 300. That might be a good one I'd throw some money on. And the Packers, the former Kings of the North, no more. They are at the bottom of the division at plus 425, which I do feel like that the Packers are being a little bit undervalued here. You know, we don't know what Jordan Love is going to do. I do think he has improved in the last couple years. And, um, you know, maybe they get some hot receivers for him. So, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I'm not going to throw the plus 155 on the line. So the Vikings to me are always frauds and they lost Adam Thielen as well. Uh, but this bears at plus 300 is, is interesting for the NFC North. Any, what do you guys think? Obviously way too early, not putting money on it yet, but if you had to choose today, who's winning the NFC North, what do you think? I'd take the value with Chicago. I mean, I probably the smart yeah. money's on Detroit, you know, you know, the most logical, but I, I don't know. If Chicago hits right and Fields can take that Jalen Hurts-like leap, which I think he's capable of, yeah, I, I think that they could be in that conversation for sure. Uh, you know what? If you're going to give me the defending champions <laughs> at almost 3-1 to one odds, I'm going to take it. So I'm going to roll with the Vikings uh-huh. uh, for picking today. Okay. All right. So let's look now at the Saints. They were 7-10 and 10 last year. They've got Derek Carr now signed to a four-year $150 million contract. You got Jamal Williams signed a three-year $12 million deal. Uh, I don't Two more wins for the Saints. I mean, look, they didn't have a quarterback last year. That was the whole problem. You had Andy Dalton, which I can't even talk about him, um, and whoever the carousel was going. So with Derek Carr, they should be able to squeak out two more wins. I'll do a draw two. Breach, I, I don't know if you're going to stand for this Andy Dalton slander or not. Oh, I, I hear the Andy Dalton slander. I'm not sure how I feel about it. <laughs> Katie, do you want do you want to keep slandering? Go ahead. Uh, well, all I will say is is that Andy Dalton personally lost me so much money last year. I remember I had the Saints in the first half. It was it was either Monday or Thursday night football game. I had the Saints in the first half, and you remember when he's he he had back to back pick sixes. The the Saints were ahead, and he had back to back pick sixes in the final two minutes of that first half, and it lost me a lot of money. And so I told myself over and over again, do not bet on Andy Dalton. Do not bet on Andy Dalton. So that's, it's a personal thing with me, but, um, yeah, I'm sure he was, you know, we know that he, I'm talking about Andy Dalton as a saint. (laughs) Well, here's the one thing is that yes, Derek Carr is an upgrade over Andy Dalton, but is he a huge upgrade? Cause I think the one thing you do have to keep in mind with Andy Dalton is that most of the saints receiving weapons were hurt. I mean, Michael Thomas, uh, what he played in like three games last year. So you had him not on the field, even though he's resigning. If he's healthy, then that's a huge weapon. Derek Carr is going to have the Andy Dalton did it. Didn't uh, the Saints second leading receiver was a tight end. Their third leading receiver was Alvin Kamara. Their actual second leading receiver who was a receiver. Didn't even have 500 yards. So there was just no one to throw to in this offense. I do think their weapons will be better. Uh, and I do think that Derek Carr, like I said, is an upgrade over Andy Dalton, even though I don't want to yes. admit it. Uh, so yes. I'll give it the draw, too. I think the NFC South is weak. I think the Saints can get to nine wins with Derek Carr. But 11 wins, just I'm not sure any team in that division is going to reach 11 wins. So I'll, I'll go draw, too. I'm going to go. I'm going to lean f- further into it. It's a plus four because wow. of the division they play in, because, <laughs> because of the division that they play in. It's going to be still the worst in the NFL. We're talking about minus Tom Brady, insert Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. rookie quarterback Oof. in maybe Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke in Atlanta. Like, you know, so if you put Derek Carr in that division, they are going, they are better, than, much better, I think, than what they have with Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston. They will be much better. 
And I think one of the sneakier signings that they brought in is Jamal Williams because we don't know the status of Alvin Kamara. He's still got that court case going on. So there's a potential for him to get suspended by the NFL. And then you're really talking about nothing in that backfield. And then you're starting to have some real concerns about that offense. You have a guy like Jamal Williams in there. You can have kind of a thunder and lightning combination with him and Kamara. And if, if Kamara is suspended, misses time, whatever you want to call it, you still have a capable guy back there. So to me, you vastly improve your quarterback play. And again, I'm not the biggest Derek Carr fan, but I think you vastly improved your quarterback play in a division where there is no quarterback play at the moment. And you have other pieces on your roster that it's going to make that offense move, move much smoother. I like them plus four. Plus four. Okay, guys. I know it's a lot. Well, I, I think, I think what he basically said there is, is slander against Andy Dalton. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that with it. With <laughs> you just got to do it a little bit more subtle. Think- That's it. A little bit more subtle. We're taking a quick break. You're watching the Pick 6 Podcast. We'll be right back. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever, and this time, it's every competitor for themselves. The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Get breaking news. Big news coming out of the NFL today. Highlights and instant reactions. The largest final round comeback in four championship history. We're down to the final four. I just want to take time to analyze greatness. Talk winners and losers with a guy who's already a big winner. CBS Sports HQ. It's all sports all day long. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox, here with Tyler Sullivan and John Breach. And today we are playing Free Agency Recap Uno. Make sure that you join us all week long to keep up to date with all the off-season news. And of course, show the pod some love. Smash that like button, comment, and of course, subscribe to the Pick 6 Pod YouTube page. Okay, we're moving on with this Uno game. The Texans. I don't know what to do with the Texans here. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to skip on this one. How do y'all feel? Tyler, what do you think? I'm going to go with the reverse only because of one Ooh. decision that they made that I don't think is is that great. I think mostly you should give them a skip because it's kind of a, you know, we don't know what their quarterback situation is, so we have to yep. wait for that to kind of play out. But the one move that I didn't like that they made was the Brandon Cooks trade. I, I, I just don't think that that made – much sense for them as an organization. I think that that's exactly where Brandon Cooks wanted to go. So they did right by the player. But you're getting multiple day two draft picks, and you're paying a, a, over a quarter of his contract. You're a team that yes needs draft capital, but you're not. You, those are lottery tickets at that point. They're, they're not much to really write your home write home about. I would much rather have a late day day two pick and pay zero of that money, which I think you could have done somewhere else in the NFL. There are plenty of teams that could use wide receiver help. So for me, I don't necessarily love that move. I think that they helped out the player, which is admirable, but I don't know if they've they've helped out that organization. So on that specific move, I give it a reverse. I think they're going to regret that. Ooh, man, I, I am. I guess this is going to be the one where we just all disagree. I don't think we've had one of these ah. really yet. I, I'm going to go with plus two on the Texans. 
And if I knew who their quarterback was and trusted their quarterback, I would go plus four. Uh, look, this is a team that finished 3-13-1. and one. They're not in a great division, <laughs> so I don't think it's that difficult to improve to pick up two more wins, especially when you look at what they did. Was the Brandon Cooks trade smart? I mean, he wanted out. You don't want to keep a disgruntled player. They added a couple. You know, they have Noah Brown and Robert Woods. Not that those two guys are Brandon Cooks, but it's not like the receiving room's completely empty. They traded for Shaq Mason, so they upgraded the offensive line. They extended Laramie Tunsil. Uh, those are two solid pretty moves. And then you look at what they did on defense, and that's really what impresses me the most is uh, you know, adding Chase Winovich, uh, Hassan Ridgeway, Jimmy Ward. I mean, we're talking multiple starters, Sheldon Rankins, that this defense is going to be a lot better than it was last season. And just because the division is so bad, I think those defensive moves will get them at least two more wins, no matter who that quarterback is. I hope so, because I'm a big D'Amico Ryans fan, and I uh, want him to do well there. All right, moving on to the Broncos. I'm going to draw four on this. They went 5-12 and 12 last year. They've loaded up on the O-line. They overpaid for Mike McGlinchey. I will go ahead and say that. They also got Ben Powers as well, so they've got that protect protection there for Russell Wilson, which he needed. And they finally have a good coach. The last two coaches, Nathaniel Hackett and also Vic Fangio, were much better at the coordinator position, but you got someone like Sean Payton here. You should be able to squeak out four more wins and get you to a, a nine win season at least. So I'm going to draw four here. Sully, what do you think? Yeah, it's kind of like what we were saying earlier. These draw fours, they're kind of, they're not created equal because no. they should get to nine wins. I mean, I think when these over-unders come out for their win totals, I mean, if that's anywhere below seven and a half, I mean, that's just, that that means they're, they're on the precipice of a disastrous season once again. And so I think that the arrival of Sean Payton and solidifying that offensive line and just creating a little bit more stability for Russell Wilson should get you to nine wins. I mean, if it doesn't, yeah. we're talking about one of the biggest blusters in NFL Oof. history in terms of a trade. I mean, it would it would have to be so bad that you're really talking about benching Russell Wilson if you're not getting to nine <laughs> wins with all of this stuff that you put around him. So optimistically, we'll go with plus four. Uh, well, as the guy who jumped on the Broncos bandwagon last season, only to see it go straight <laughs> off a cliff and explode, and I died in that explosion. Uh, this is the new me that is coming back, and I should be off the Broncos bandwagon, but nope, back on it. I agree with you guys. I think it the plus four makes sense. It's not even so much what they did in free agency. Katie said it's because they added Sean Payton. I think that is a huge upgrade over Nathaniel Hackett, and then obviously upgrading the offensive line. We're not just Mike McGlinchey, uh, but Ben Powers, uh, who I think was probably one of the better guards on the market. So you get two offensive linemen you didn't have last season who are both better than what you had last season and then mm -hmm. obviously Sean Payton I think can fix Russell Wilson or at least get this team to nine wins even if you don't completely fix Russell Wilson so I like the plus I like to draw four well not only to that point uh breach I mean Wilson was sacked 55 times last year uh... I mean I a little bit uh, and almost underrated at a certain point because everybody just likes to point and say Russell Wilson was bad well he was clearly under pressure a lot. I mean, when you have tied for the most in the NFL, 55 sacks, that's not going to lead to productive quarterback play. I don't care if it's Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, whoever you want to throw back there. If they're under siege that much, I mean, we see it in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. It's not going to lead to consistent play all the time, especially if it's a player that we might be thinking is descending like Wilson. So adding a good head coach, solidifying that offensive line, that, that should help them in 2023. It's funny that you bring up the the Bengals too, because I feel like a lot of people for 
get, or because Joe Burrow is still so successful, even though he has not had any protection for the last couple of years, and it was, what, in the 2020 season, he was sacked more than any NFL quarterback ever, and he still does so well that you forget that, like, no, if a quarterback is sacked that much, they're not going to be as productive or as good as Joe Burrow can be. And Russell Wilson is a little bit older, but obviously, uh, thank God that Cincinnati has added to that O-line because if you want longevity with Joe Burrow, then you got to protect him. Moving on to the Chiefs. Uh, with this one, how many, they had what, 14 wins last year. I'll probably skip um, on this one. I don't know that I would give them two more. They did add offensive uh, tackle. Jawan Taylor signed four years, $80 million Skip, how much better the, the, the rich get richer, the rich stay as rich? I don't know. I just feel like it's not going to be – I'm not giving them two more wins, so I'm going to pass on this one or skip. Breach, what do you think? Right, because right. then you're talking about them as an all-time team. I mean, you're talking about, like, perfect seasons and all of that. So, no, I'm with you. I, I'd go skip because you're replacing Orlando Brown with Juwan Taylor, so you're kind of just breaking even there. And you lose Juju Smith-Schuster, but I'm not that concerned about it because you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They'll be able to figure it out. So I, I don't think that there's that much there with Kansas City. Yeah, this feels like a skip, too. I, I feel like they arguably overpaid for Juwan Taylor, and maybe they felt like he was a better fit for their system than Orlando Brown because, you know, Juwan Taylor is coming from Jacksonville where he played under Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson runs a similar offense to what Andy Reid runs, so they're thinking, hey, Juwan Taylor can come in here, fit in right away. Uh, but, yeah, it's hard to see them winning more than 14 games, even if they are going to be the Super Bowl favorite. So I will uh, join the crew and say skip. All right, now we get to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, my favorite part of every program. So the Raiders, what were, what was their, they were, oh, 6 and 11. Oh, give me a draw too, 6 and 11. You got Jimmy Garoppolo now, you got Jacoby Myers, and uh, you franchise tagged your running back. So uh, two more wins for sure. I feel like they're they're trying to make the, uh, the Raiders organization the Patriot way by, you know, getting all these guys over there. So two more wins, easy. Am I crazy? Yes. <laughs> because there should be four more wins. Jimmy Garoppolo's going to will this team. <laughs> I, you know what? No, I actually agree with you. I, I think that asking yeah. the Raiders getting to 10 wins is probably a little much. I could see them getting eight or nine wins next season. So I'll stick with you on the draw, too. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has a better understanding of what Josh McDaniels wants on offense. It just seemed like Derek Carr and McDaniels were never on the same page. And then, look, Josh Jacobs led the NFL in rushing last year. It was such a huge part of that offense. Uh, and with him coming back, you have to think this offense is going to be a little bit better. Um, and obviously, Devontae Adams still there. You guys mentioned Jacoby Myers. So, yeah, I think I think the Raiders can win at least eight games. I'll go draw two with you, Katie. Yeah, I, I think that that's, right. a, that's probably the fairest is to do draw two. It, I do wonder, and again, as much as I think Jimmy Garoppolo is an upgrade over Derek Carr, I just wonder how much of an upgrade it's going to be only because, and Katie, mm -hmm. you know this better than anybody, can the dude play the full season? I mean, if he can, then yeah, yeah. you're talking about you're in that plus two, plus four conversation. But if all of a sudden he's going to get hurt like we've seen him do, you're going to struggle and you're going to have to now talk about backup quarterbacks. And I don't care if you have Jacoby Myers and Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams and all those guys and, and, and uh, possibly OJ Howard, you know, it, it, so that's, that's to me where I have a little bit of pause of going plus four. I think plus two is fair. My only concern is Jimmy Garoppolo's health. I think, it, I think that he will play much better under Josh McDaniels than Derek Carr did. I think he knows the system. I think he's familiar with it. But my question is always going to be with Jimmy Garoppolo is his health. And that's, what's going to prevent me from, putting that ceiling a little bit higher. 
That's totally fair. And that's obviously why he's no longer um, a 49er. Okay, moving on to the Falcons. They had an interesting actual trade today. Adam Thielen is going there on a three-year deal. Obviously, they got tight end John, uh, excuse me, John o. Smith um, as well. <sighs> no Marcus Mariota. Obviously, they're going to draft a quarterback. Anytime you have a rookie quarterback, to me, it just feels like it could be a down year or a rebuilding year. So I will skip. Uh, real quick, Thielen to the Panthers. Not the oh, Falcons. sorry, Panthers. Uh, it's, okay, they're sorry, both they're sorry. both they're Not both Falcons. NFC South teams, Katie. They're both NFC South teams. Yeah, uh, well, the, you get one mess up per show, and there's mine. I will say with the Falcons, I do feel like this is a skip. Uh, obviously, you did mention the trade for Johnu Smith, and I think that is a good move because being the number two tight end, I feel like he'll see a little more action with teams kind of focusing on Kyle Pitts there. And I don't know that I would have paid Jesse Bates $16 million a year. I feel like the Bengals made the right decision letting him walk because they were never going to pay anywhere near that price. So he's a decent addition, but I don't know if I like it with that contract. Uh, and then they paid a lot for a couple of their re-signing, a couple of their offensive linemen. So, I, you know, the Falcons are a seven-win team. And if they're going into the season with Desmond Ritter, I know they also uh, – Sign Taylor Heineke, but you know, I, I don't know that he's the answer at quarterback either. And if Desmond Ritter's your starter, so I'm going to say skip too. I feel like this is a seven or eight win team again. Yeah, see, I go reverse. I think they might be one of the one of the worst teams in the NFL next year what? because because you have Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke. I mean, that's that stops and ends right there. They haven't really done much to be aggressive to put themselves in a position to really take a quarterback. They haven't done what the Carolina Panthers have done and traded up to the number one overall pick. They haven't been aggressive in the veteran quarterback market like Las Vegas has with Jimmy Garoppolo. You're kind of just muddling around. And, and even we thought that this team could be a Lamar Jackson suitor, like immediately when we found out that he was going to be franchise tag on the non-exclusive tag, I think Jonathan Jones was the first report that the Falcons weren't going to be in on him. So it just yeah. feels like this team is not putting themselves in a position to win in 2023. I don't think that's their timeline, which makes the Jesse Bates thing, like you said, breach a little bit confusing by giving him that much money. So I'm going to go reverse here. I think this is one of those teams that take a step back. You might look at that contract and say, did we really even need to give him that much money? Like at this point in our, in our franchise's history. So to me, I'm going to say they take a step back next year and go reverse. Okay, moving on to the Panthers, who did get Adam Thielen today uh, for a three-year deal. And uh, Captain Spock is saying, Thielen will be 33 when the season starts. Why are they giving him a three-year contract? Yeah, sure. That actually makes a lot of sense. Also, they have running back Miles Sanders, who agreed to a four-year, $25.4 million deal. The Panthers, to me, um, I'm going to skip them. <laughs> you know who they did sign, Katie? Andrew yeah. Gregory Dalton. That's an uh, automatic well, then, draw then for my reverse. book. Then it's a reverse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually like what the Panthers have done this offseason. Uh, starting with getting Frank Reich. I know we harped a lot on the Broncos, uh, you know, getting Sean Payton, and that's such a huge addition. But I feel like the same thing in Carolina, where they made such a huge upgrade at coach, where that alone is worth at least two wins. And then you look at what they did, and Miles Sanders is a pretty solid addition. I think Adam Thielen, at least for this year, I do agree that three years doesn't make a ton of sense, but I think he will be good this year. And they had to do something because they lost DJ Moore. Hayden Hurst, they brought in a tight end who played very well for the Bengals last season. Uh, and then defensively, it, you know, Von Bell is a good addition out there in the secondary, and the rest of that defense is already pretty solid. Uh, and, and Deshaun Williams, somebody on the defensive line they added. So it just feels like this team – 
is a lot better than they were last season, but it's the quarterback problem. So I'm going to go draw two, and you could talk to me in the draw four, depending on who the starting quarterback Ooh, is. Being. Yeah, I'll go Oh, of course it is. I mean, I mean, you could be if there was a plus six card, he would have played it. I mean, that's just that's just what would go here. But no, I'm with you, Breach, because I do think that plus two makes sense. And I know that we've been penalizing these teams a little bit with they have a little bit of a murky quarterback situation. But the Panthers did trade up to the number one overall pick. They're putting themselves in position more so than other teams to get that quarterback, whoever it's going to be, whether it be Stroud, Bryce Young, Levis, whoever you want to say that's going to be. I do like some of the moves they, they've made this year. They've, they, even though they've they've signed Adam Thielen, they're reportedly still going to be in on DJ Chark, which I think would be an interesting addition to that wide receiver room. And to the commenter's point, I do think that it's interesting that they signed him to a three-year deal when he's going to be 33 at the, at the start of the next season. But we've seen this year, it, I think more so than other off-seasons, kind of the the curtain being pulled back on some of these contracts. And I think CJ Gardner Johnson's an interesting comparison, signed a one year, $8 million deal. Some of these extensions that you see, yes, it's three years, $24 million, or whatever you want to call it. But in reality, a lot of the money's either pushed back or pushed forward into guarantees. It's really like masked to be a one year, two year deal. Like a lot of people are saying that with the Geno Smith and Daniel Jones deals, they'll say, Oh, it's a three, four year deal. Really? You can get out of it in two. So, you know, as much as we say, oh, wow, that's kind of weird for Adam Thielen, in all reality, I bet you they can cut him next offseason. Well, and real quick on that, the the over-the-cap numbers on that are uh, the three-year $25 million deal, but $14 million is guaranteed. So that's essentially saying that the Panthers probably think he'll stick around for two seasons, but if you get rid of him after one, you paid him one year, $14 million. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it definitely reads like a two-year deal. I just think when you when you have the number one overall pick, and you draft a rookie quarterback, you're looking at more times than not a down year. But I hear you guys. I'm still going to lay on my skip on this one. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up our show today. Thank you from myself and Tyler Sullivan and John Breach. Make sure that you join us tomorrow at 1 p.m. for more NFL offseason coverage. And please throw us a like, a comment, hit that subscribe button on the Pick 6 YouTube page. For those of you who are tuning in via audio, make sure you download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. We'll see you next time. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.